exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. your host Melissa and tonight we've got another special lovely group from um, Olin Health Center which brings our segment to sexposure for the time being so if you guys have a question um, for anybody in the, the studio right now just feel free to give us a call at 432-3893 as we go through our agenda for tonight which is what are we going to be talking about today's agenda is stress and sex making it work play on the word it <laughs> <laughs> Making it work. Maybe we should introduce ourselves, right? Go for it, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Casey. Hey, it's Erin. This is John. And this is Dr. D. And we're glad to be back on Sexposure on this last week of classes before finals. And our topic's probably pretty apropos tonight because as I've run into students, faculty, staff, everyone seems to have a bit of an edge. And I know, <laughs> and I know it's not because of something they drank or anything like that. So could be caffeine. We're going to talk about that. Well, it could be caffeine. Uh, so we're going to talk about stress and sex and how to make it work? I don't know where that came from, but that's, that's, I guess we can do that. Don't you ever watch Project Runway? Uh, no. Oh. No, no, I watched, oh. the whole, I watched the Home and Garden channel, and that's about it. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about good stress versus bad stress, if there is such a thing. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about holiday stress, right? Holiday. Uh, and maybe... Was that a note I heard? Okay. Yeah. And bringing home, if you have a partner, you know, it's been interesting this week, and Sarah and I have talked a little bit about it, is that a lot of people are coming into the health center for different needs, you know, and some of it has to do with people who have had involvements uh, over the last semester and are coming in to be checked out for those involvements. And part of what happens this first semester is people, you know, especially first-year students, get into new relationships and stuff. So we're going to talk about maybe taking your partner home, if you have a partner home, to the holidays and how you manage that and uh, explain that and all the other things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting with the family. Gift-giving. Which, you know, I, I'm not a... I just... Gift-giving is just kind of drives me crazy, you know, uh, we won't get into that. But we'll talk about <laughs> gift giving and stuff, and we want you to call in because we do have the prize packs, our complimentary prize packs, and uh, uh, so, anything else we're to cover? Well, what's in the prize pack? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, is it a surprise? I'm We've sound got... effect girl tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's in the prize pack, Casey? <laughs> We've got a medley of condoms and lubricants. A lot of, um, we have flavored lube and um, lube that heats up. Because it's cold out. It's cold out, so mm-hmm. yeah, you want that, necessary that extra warmth point. in the middle of the night when you're lonely or not lonely. And <laughs> we've got a um, <laughs> massage for uh, from Douglas J. So I really love the massage. Right. Yep. It, it is very nice. And, you know, stock up on condoms and lube because, you know, over the... Uh, Holidays. Over the holidays, you might be needing them. Although Olin is on. still open. Olin is open, that is true. So if you're around and but you want to stop by. Mm-hmm. Feel free. 
I and think. this prize pack can be the people out there, like, you know, to our callers, if yeah. they call in at 432-3893. True. So, with fact. their questions, so, concerns, and comments. Who's in the booth tonight? Oh, we've got Eric as usual. Eric? Oh, yeah. Okay, we want to keep Eric busy, so call in, and <laughs> we will give you one of these prize packs. Uh, but we're going to be talking about sex and stress. And he's all excited, and he's got a big yeah. smile on his face. He's so staring at the phone intently. Yeah, yeah, he's actually holding on to it like it's a present. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> for you. Yeah. We've got to help Eric out here. the last show of the semester, so call in. And it's not even a 1-800 number. I mean, <laughs> so come on, people. Uh, this is going to be a show of innuendos. I can see it now. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's let's get into this. We have we have a, a guest with us tonight who's not a regular on the show, but is a regular in our office, uh, Jonathan Kermiet, who is uh, a health educator in uh, Owen Health Center in the health education department. He's been there a long time. I mean, he's what we call a fixture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you fix your speak? I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> but John, John's uh, area of expertise is, is fitness, and, and he runs the Life RX program on campus, which uh, I know Melissa's been through. Yes, right? and, and there was a very embarrassing photo of me in the state news <laughs> that I'm still recovering from. <laughs> All I've got to say to the photo editors at the state news is no more spread eagle photos. <laughs> And so you know Did what that's... Did the yearbook, too? I hope not. <laughs> I think that photo's going to come back and haunt me in <laughs> 15 will. years. I'll never run for office. I've seen it on YouTube a few times already. So oh. oh! No, no, it hasn't. But it, what she's talking about is one of the uh, uh, the aspects of the Life RX program is the flexibility, and we mm-hmm. do have a flexibility meter there. And sometimes it can be a bit uh, provocative in, in the flexibility you have to do in order to be assessed, right, John? <laughs> That's right, but we also talk about lifestyle issues and, and including stress. So if you have, uh, uh, you know, if you want something more than just the fitness evaluation, we'll certainly talk to you about other issues too. So uh, right. please come on in; we'd love to see you. It's, it's it's a great great program, and I think we've had a lot of students and faculty and staff go through that. But John, let's get into it. You know, we've we've talked for years, you and I, and and and, and Aaron and. Uh, uh, Casey and Andrew have been in, uh, involved in somewhat about stress on campus, you know, and, and it's kind of funny because still when you mention the data on stress on campus, uh, you get you get a couple of perspectives. Uh, one from students who go, yeah, 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 that's stress, and then sometimes you get from faculty and staff, and I get from administrators, well, these these kids don't know what stress is, and they just self-report anything that seems to be a bit you know, antagonistic or a bit hard as stress. But, John, you know, the NCHA data, National College Health Assessment, that we do all the time, what's the data say about students on campus and stress? Well, we know that a lot of students feel overwhelmed and report feeling overwhelmed uh, in the last year. I know 76% sometime, uh, in that range say that they've experienced stress to the point of, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And I think, you know, uh, what Dennis just said, you know, the, the students who, uh, you know, report maybe anything is affecting them. Um, we do know that a, a large percentage, you know, 33% say that they uh, they were so stressed in the last year that it affected their academics negatively. So uh, it is a problem, and it's a problem across the country. It's not just the MSU, although uh, sometimes we think it just uh, is MSU. Uh, and women are more stressed than men most of the time. You know, 37% say that they, they've had negative experiences because of stress uh, or negative academic uh, consequences as opposed to... Uh, uh, as a result of the stress that they experience. So it is a problem, you know, and, and, and we don't have a good handle on how to reach students and um, 
effectively <laughs> decrease that. I mean, we can, we, we've tried in the past, uh, I remember years ago, we'd have stress management workshops, and, you know, no one came. They're too stressed. It's a part of it that, that you know, I, I looked at when you said uh, stress, I looked at Melissa, and she had this look on her face like, yes, I am, help me. <laughs> uh, but that whole word stress, I mean, sometimes the, the word just does, doesn't hold the magnitude of intensity that, you know, something like, you know, a suicide would or something else. And I'm not saying it, 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 it resembles that or it matches that, but stress is always used. That word stress, you know, I'm stressed about this, stressed about that. I mean, sometimes I'm asked to define what stress is. Can you give folks a definition of what stress is? Well, stress, you know, it can be almost anything that causes you to uh, react in some way. Um, you know, it can be positive and negative. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, you know, if, if, if you perceive something, and a lot of it has to do with our perception, if you perceive something as, um, as a concern, as, as something that, that is, uh, you know, sometimes worrying you, sometimes causing you uh, uh, over, you know, preoccupation, you know, your, your body has a physical response, and, and it... Uh, it's a physical and emotional and psychological response that uh, that really is where the problems lie. Um, you know, and if you look at the s statistics with regard to the, the people who uh, visit the uh, counseling center on campus, you know, a lot of that is underlying, you know, a lot of those problems, you know, the base problem is stress, you know, whether it's depression or suicide or anxiety or relationship issues or... Um, you know, if you look at a lot of the problems with the, at the health center, when it, you know, physical problems that manifest themselves in, in uh, more susceptibility to illness, uh, um, you know, maybe more propensity to drink or use drugs or whatever, um, you know, stress, stress is, uh, uh, and again, yeah, I think you're right, Dennis, the, the word doesn't really capture the, you know, the, the, the problem that people experience with it. I think, you know, you know uh, like I said, you know, everyone's stressed, but it's when we, when we don't deal with it, when we don't uh, confront it, we don't have avenues to, um, uh, you know, our, our little escapisms, our little uh, things that we do to, to decrease stress. Uh, get a question. Oh, no, 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 no. I just got a, a look from Dr. D over here that's like, <laughs> yep, that's you. <laughs> well, you know I did that because I, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too, and the other guys jump in. Sometimes we don't recognize ourselves when we're under stress or that, that stress is actually influencing us, you know, and, and cause, because, my, you know, sometimes people say to me, you're stressed, don't you? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I know don't say that. There's been a few times when I've been, like, sitting in my chair doing homework and someone will come up to me and be like, Casey, just relax, take a deep breath. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fine. And they'll, like, put their hands on my shoulders and I'll realize that I'm doing it right now. My shoulders are, like, basically touching my ears because my body's just so stressed. And well, I think something that John said was part of what I wanted to bring out. And sometimes it's a physiological reaction. Right. That, you know, you may not note it, but your body notes it sometimes. Your mind might not say, okay, we're stressed, but the body's like... Oh, get me out of here. You know. But what do you say to people that like say, well, that's just something you learned to live with when in college. You're supposed to be like that. Well, I, sometimes that's a, that, I mean, that's a very good question because sometimes we don't, um, you know, we're not real, real good in telling students what, what they should do. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we're not always, always a good role model ourselves. <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, what I try to tell students is that, you know, Number one, they need to recognize what stress is for themselves, how it affects them phys physically, you know, whether it's muscle tension like uh, Casey was just talking about, talking about you know, because a lot of us experience, you know, headaches or all kinds of symptoms that, that could be, not all, with, all the time, but could be stress-related. So 
Um, you know, I think students need to recognize uh, that stress is a problem, um, that it can be a problem, that they do have symptoms that they're experiencing oftentimes. Uh, but I think the main thing I try to get students is to try to give them the license and the, and the, uh, the ability to do things to counteract the stress before it becomes so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's often not what students do. You know, students are, you know, uh, you know, like Casey was just talking about, you know, sometimes it, you're just busy and you're so busy, you're so busy that you don't realize that, that you're caught up in a, in a uh, uh, so caught up that, that you're, you are experiencing some distress. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I you know, uh, John, this, this idea of good stress and bad stress, is this just a hallmark concept, or does it really make sense? Is, is there a good stress and a bad stress, or is that just... I think there's a good stress, because I, yeah. <laughs> I think I experienced it a lot when I was a student, and I hope uh, none of my professors are listening now, but I experienced a lot of the good stress the night before a paper was due when I would stay up all night. And it was that last-minute feeling that, that really motivated me to get the paper done. Of course, you didn't though. start studying until the last uh, <laughs> right. minute. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's important for, to, for students to understand how – well, for everybody to understand how stress affects them and what strategies they can, they can do to help, to help fight that stress a little bit. But you, you make an important point, Andrew. I'm sorry, Casey. Okay. You said – it almost seems like you put this pressure on yourself. You put the good stress on yourself because you waited and you decided that I work better under pressure or I work – is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I figured out. I mean, there would be times where I would try to – you know, because I would love to have been able to be a person who got, got like a big paper due a week early or something like that. But I found out when I sat down to do that, it just didn't work. Like there was – and I would get stressed out about it and there would be no reason to because – it was a week away. Right. I found that a lot of times I almost rely on that last kick of adrenaline the night before. And if I know that so far it's worked for me. And so fingers crossed, we've got one semester to go. So hopefully it'll keep working for me. And that way, you know, I can also, I, I know that I can take a day off. And I don't have to be doing, a lot of people work better when it's 20 minutes a day for two weeks to get a paper done. I like taking 13 days off and then <laughs> working on a paper one night all night long. But it's important to understand that that's not necessarily something that will work for everybody, and it's right. something you kind of have to figure out on your own and learn learn from your mistakes. Um, but you also have to give yourself a license, and it's kind of what Casey was saying, a license to to, to just chill. Because um, a lot of times you, you know, you're you're just so stressed out with everything you oh, have no, to do. No, 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 wait, no, wait, you can't give yourself chill time. No, no. <laughs> the university yeah. sets up a context in which you have to get things done on time, and you have to keep moving and working and working and working. I'm the first one to say, and I hope administrators are listening, that we, we're not good role models sometimes for our students because faculty and staff and administrators sometimes don't give themselves license to chill and they continuously work. And, and then we look at that and sometimes we get this impression that in this environment you have to continuously work. So um, in my experience, what I've found is that because, like, I used to have an anxiety about talking to my professors because I'm like, oh, you know, they're, they're so scary. But then I realized, like, when you talk to them about, you know, I had um, these other papers to work on, this huge project, um, or I've been bogged down with work because, you know, I'm one of those students that works to help pay for college. Um, they're most of the professors that I've had, and I love them to pieces. Like I want to do a, a shout out to Rashapi and Richie right now because they're fantastic. Um, you know, they've been very considerate of that. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, part of that is like, you know, sometimes I don't know if there's students out there who are like me, 
build up that anxiety of being afraid to even approach the professor in the first place and then being you know anxious about getting that extension or talking to the professor about it when you know when you just do it it's like the biggest relief because mm -hmm. first off you find out where your professor stands and it's good to like discover this early on to find out like what um boundaries your professor has and so for me like something that's lifted off my shoulders is just talking to my mm -hmm. professor in the first place yeah, surprisingly, most professors are most professors are human most. beings. We can't make this guarantee. <laughs> they we are can't too. make this guarantee, though. So. And, and I think there's quite a few like what Melissa said out there, but but saying something <laughs> and actually walking the walk is two different things. And I see a lot of people. We see a lot of stress on the other side of the coin with faculty and staff. There's a lot of folks who feel stressed. But John, let's get back. So you say recognize first of all. What do, what what do students tell us they do to deal with stress? How do you deal with stress? I mean, recognizing is one thing, but dealing with it is something else. So. Yeah, I think that you know students are are just like anyone else. I mean, they most students and and, and everyone's different because I think it's just like uh, Andrew was saying. We all have our own way of dealing with stress, and we all have our experiences related to stress, and we we've, we've learned how to cope with certain things, and we've learned how we best um, function. But um, you know, most students. Um, uh, a good, a good percent exercise. You know, they'll say that they exercise. They, they may go lift weights. They may run. They may play uh, taibo or kickboxing or what. But they, but they realize that they need something physical and they, they need that outlet, and that works for them. Um, some people, uh, you know, like Melissa, you know, talking uh, to family, friends, professors. I mean, a lot of times, if you can just talk through whatever's bothering you, that that does, like you say, lift you. I like your allusion to lifting something off of you because that's that's a lot of what stress management uh, I think consists of um, uh, students tell if they listen to music uh, and again it could be all kinds of music but uh, uh, it might be jazz it might be hard rock it doesn't really matter but if you listen to music and you give yourself the license to listen to music um, frequently laughter you know massage I mean there's just an endless number of ways that people can deal with stress you know some you know some students even tell me they go shopping you know which is not for me some, some on this <laughs> panel may say that uh, it's not for me Aaron Aaron and the opposite of this but again I think it's 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 knowing what works for you and and doing those things on a regular basis you know don't don't wait till you're so stressed out because a lot of times the things don't work then because you feel like you can't take the time because you're too stressed to do these things so you need to Give yourself the time and take the time throughout the semester. You know, not, don't wait just till finals and then start dealing with it. You know, John. I wanted to normalize another one that actually uh, I'm dealing with in the column tomorrow. I, I remember in when we did the research that a lot of people said prayer, and they said things about you know uh, going to spirituality and stuff like that. And that's been a big one too because we don't we don't talk a lot about spirituality on campuses, and no, we're not going to spend any time doing it. But a lot of people note, noted that they deal with the stress by involving themselves in prayer and doing some spiritual things that help them find some inner peace and stuff. Uh, and you, you saw the same thing? Yeah, I think, and if you think what, what prayer consists of, prayer is, 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 a, is a moment of solitude. Uh, it's, it's some self-reflection. It's getting away. You know, a lot of stress management is escapism. You know, and it, it, anything that can take you away from all those concerns for, for a little while and actually you know, really alleviate your, you know, the, the problems that are affecting you at the time. And, you know, prayer, meditation, um, all those things I think are, are extremely effective. You know, not for everyone, but, you know, for some students it's, it, it, it certainly works. 
Um, well, bridging that gap now, we, as Casey was putting this together, and we were talking about uh, uh, stressors. We wanted to bring in the whole concept of sexuality and stuff, and and I think it just came to the the top of the the uh, whatever you want to call it, but relationships. Do relationships cause stress? You know, because we're talking about relationships, and <laughs> Melissa just gave me that look again, like we're not going to talk about relationships, are we? Yes, <laughs> relationships and stress. You know, uh, and you mentioned that that the uh, uh, men and women t- tend to deal with stress differently, but uh, in sometimes in relationships, whether it's men and women or men and men or women and women, relationships can cause stress. Uh, w- let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I think it's important too that. To, to point out too that relationships can also relieve stress. Sure, sure. You gotta leave that part in there too. But when? When does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's wondering. <laughs> I was just curious. Well, let's let's talk first about how how relationships can can relieve stress. What is it about relationships that? I think you know having a, a partner in the true sense of the word partner and going through things together and having someone to talk to and get getting advice and just having that, you know, a lot of people do that sort of thing through prayer by themselves in solitude. You can also do that through communication with your partner. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had a hard day. Um, I'm a big one for I've had a hard day. Could you rub my back? You Mm -hmm. know, and um, the massage is very relaxing and that's me personally. (laughs) And and it also, for some people, it gives them an outlet. Like you can go do things with them, you know, whether it is there are certain activities that you enjoy together that you can do to relieve stress. Nice little night off together. Mm-hmm. Or sex. <laughs> or sex. <laughs> or sex. <laughs> I it only took you 20 there. minutes to get that one in there. Well, it is sex exposure. <laughs> we we would like people to call in at 432-3893 and tell, and, and tell us what you think the uh, benefits of being in a relationship are and how it relieves stress and how they can, can uh, also cause stress because we, can, we know that relationships have great propensity to help you grow but they can also uh, add some stress to your life well i think at this time of the year it's important to point out that a, a lot of people who have, may have started relationships um you know maybe it's their first year at msu or, or they met someone this first semester and and you know they're going home for the first time for a long period of time and they have to leave that person and and the kind of stress that this close relationship that's going to go long distance all of a sudden can cause because that can be an issue around this time of year. Or they're, or they're going home to a relationship that they used to have, and they are, have these very high expectations about what it's, you know, about re- reviving that That's relationship. John, you and I have been around a long time. We won't say how long. Uh, we, I think it's fairly uh, common knowledge that some folks, especially first-year folks, uh, come on campus and start relationships right away. And we we could talk about the reasons why. I mean, sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's like Casey said, you just want a partner, however you define it, to be able to come home and talk to and, and try to figure out what you're doing here and how is this all relating. And like I mean, Aaron said, sometimes it's the sex. So. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, <laughs> John, you had to get that in there, too. It's, it's good. And sometimes, sometimes it is the sex. But, you know, John, you mentioned that, you know, now, now that people are getting ready to, to go home, I mean, how do they... Uh, how do people deal with that? I mean, they have to leave this person, and is it really a solid relationship, and they have to go home? What, what, do, what advice do you give these people? Well, that's why I mentioned expectations, because I think a lot of times it's, it's, it's your um, uh, over-anticipating uh, something that, that you want to happen or that you think should happen that... Uh, that may not be there. You know, the relationship uh, relationships change, and, and certainly um, 
you know, I think that's where you get into good stress and bad stress sometimes is that if you look at even holidays, you know, holidays are supposed to be um, a good time, you know, a, a stress-free time, you know, a fun time. And yet, you know, holidays are some of the most stressful times that, that people experience. And if you're throwing in a, um, you know, some new relationship angles in there, I think that can certainly, you know, and, and introducing someone to the parents for the first time, I mean, that, that's got to be stressful. Absolutely. Or even if we're looking at relationships as in non-romantic relationships, those new relationships that have changed for you in terms of going back home and seeing friends that have been gone for a semester or family members that you haven't had to deal with for a semester and now you're going to have to live with them for three weeks, I think kind of that aspect of relationships can be very stressful as well. So what do you suggest for students that are going home and, and dealing with that change in life relationships? Well, I, th I think, again, if you are, um, if you can talk to those people that are involved. I mean, first of all, you know, you know, if you're going home and your parents have some expectation that you're going to come in at 2 in the morning at the very latest and, you know, you're used to staying out till 4 in the morning. I mean, you've got to get those things out of the open at the beginning and, and, and talk about some of those issues. You know, I, I remember when I uh, brought... Uh, uh, girlfriend home for the first time, you know, I mean, there was this expectation, you know, we're not going to sleep together in the same house. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that was my, you know, my expectation was, uh, of course, different than that, you know, and it, it was, you know, so we had to work those issues out, you know, and kind of uh, accept that your parents have certain values and certain ways of dealing with things that certainly may have changed since you've been here for a semester. So I know one thing that I kind of, um, last, last Christmas was my first holiday with a significant other, and um, I had to go to another family's house for part of Christmas Day, and I loved it because I, I love his family, and, you know, he loves mine. It was a great day, but at the same time, it was kind of like, my sister's in town for two days, and I haven't seen her in a semester, and I have to juggle my time now, and that's not something I ever had to think about before, you know. It was very different for me. I remember the first time I went home for the holidays, and I had been in the dorms and and not really had to deal with family or anything like that. And I get home, it was like culture shock from hell. <laughs> my brother was running around and like just being mouthy. My mother is insane because she's in college, and we're all living in my grandmother's house. So there's like eight people in my grandmother's house for a week, and I wanted to go home so badly. Home is in the dorms. <laughs> I didn't care that anybody wasn't here. I didn't. I just wanted to not have to deal with such a craziness because even dorm life seemed less stressful than home. Yeah, I experienced so. that as well. You get used to all this freedom that you have at college, and then all of a sudden it's culture, culture shock when you get home. Um, you're dealing with little brothers running around. Um, and then you're under your par parents' rules again, mm -hmm. and you have to respect them because, you know, they got you where you're at. <laughs> so, Tuition. Throw them the <laughs> um, but also I think it's important, uh, John was talking about, you're, you have all these expectations about, you know, um, your, maybe your high school friends that you're still close with mm -hmm. and the time you're going to spend and stuff. But you have to keep in mind that they're going to be spending time with their families too, and they've got new friends from college. And it's just, it's just important to expect change. Mm -hmm. um, when you get back into that situation because it's going to be there whether you like it or not and just to learn to roll with it. Right. It's kind of like life doesn't time. stop just because you're away at school. Mm -hmm. so. and there are major transitions that anybody who comes to uh, a university setting will go through. I mean, we all know that. And then when you go back and you go back to that, that 
prior standard of uh, uh, parameters that you had, it is a shock, especially when you're going to bring somebody new home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always different. Uh, you know, I know after the break here, we're going to do the man on the street. We're going to talk about what the, uh, what, what's the street, what's the question out on the street these days, Melissa? Well, I uh, <laughs> went around, asked some people what their most memorable moment with uh, a significant other was. Just because, you know, with New Year's coming up, it's a time of reflection and looking back at the experiences that you've had. And those include those moments with the significant others. And even though, you know, I think like you guys have already gathered that I'm kind of a single gal myself. No. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why I was kind of keeping mum for the past uh, <laughs> 10 minutes or so. Um, but even my, I even have some stories as well. So that's good. I'm like, well, I can contribute. Would you, would you say that some of the memorable mm. moments that people have with significant others are, are stress reducing things? They can be stress reducing. I know we talked about this and, and Aaron says to me, we are going to work sex into this whole thing, this relationship <laughs> thing and talking about stress. And, and, and John and John, you know, you can chime in on this too that, that, that relationships can reduce stress, and part of that may be the touching that goes on, the sensuality that goes on, you know, the, the, the sex that goes on. But, you know, we're going to get into this after the break, but let's talk about some of the positive aspects of being in a relationship. We just kind of touched on them. Some of the positive aspects that you can get from a, a significant other in stress reduction. Well, I mean, if we're going to... If we're going to go, let's go big. Sex, you know, and that can be... <laughs> let's go <that> big. <laughs> um, you know, sex can be a very good tool for stress relief, you know. it's It feels good for mm -hmm. most people. And, you know, there's the, the, the deep breathing that goes on. Do you have that sheet? I had a whole I was list. thinking of just saying uh, easing into this whole oh, sex no, no. thing. And, and you're already <laughs> into so the deep breathing and stuff. And, uh, my God, we, we, we jumped right past sensuality. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I know we're going to take a break here, so if you want to take a break now, then we can come back and do the, the question on the street and talk more about the positive aspects. I was of just going to say hugs. Hugs. <laughs> hugs. Yeah, we need, hugs. we need a moment to take well, you know, some, come some hug time. You know what? I saw the newest thing last week because I passed these two women who were standing on the corner over by, uh, uh, I think it was Bessie Hall, and they were, had big signs that said, you know, come for a free hug. You know, and I thought, oh, there's got to be a catch to this. You know, but they were just giving free hugs, and it was in the state news the next day. But, you know, big stress reliever. Yeah, absolutely. Just giving someone a big hug. And I, I watched it for a while because I was going, oh, there's got to be something going on here. You know, going to slip something in their pocket or something like that. But no, <laughs> and, and the folks that were giving the hugs were really into it. And the folks that were leaving, you can actually see a physiological change. Someone were just smiling and, mm -hmm. and walking away. So, you know, there are benefits to that physical contact that you can get from a significant other. But we can talk about those after the break. Oh, yeah. and you don't need to give hugs to a significant other. I'm I'm all about hugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to I'm be a single. Other. I love hugs, but yeah, but we can talk a little bit more about that after the break here on your exposure on the Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. 
For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with your Exposure. I'm your host, Melissa Horst. Love them. You know, feeling the Woo! love in the room right now because we've had sex exposure. We okay, all gave I'm our hugs excited. at break. Just yeah, we so all got know. our hugs. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for a couple, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, we do have the people from uh, Olin Health Center in here if you are just coming in and joining us right now. So if you've got a question, because we're talking about sex and stress um, this evening, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. For a prize pack. Woohoo! Woohoo! Call yeah. us. <laughs> Please. Oh, and another thing, too, is actually if you're not too comfortable with being on the air, because I know some people are voice conscious, we do have a screen name, and that's Impact Exposure, and that's through AOL Instant Messenger. Super. Awesome. <laughs> so just IMS. So what we've been talking about, if you're just tuning in, is stress and sex and how to make it work. And we're talking about the benefits of sex when you are stressed. And that can be things like, you know, deep breathing and the sense of touch, um, that social support that you get from, from a partner. Um, there are, you know, endorphins that are released during sex. And like John was saying before, a lot of people like to work out and... Sex can be quite the physical workout mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I know one problem that a lot of people have as far as stress and sex is just being stressed out is kind of a, a turn-off. And so if you are in a relationship where sex is an important part of that relationship and you've just learned that it's a good stress reducer, you know, how to, how to get in the mood, as they say. You know, John mentioned that, you know, when John talked about what students report as dealing with stress, just about everything you mentioned, John, probably had to do with sen sensuality. And you talked about music, and you talked about, uh, you know, exercise and massage, all very... Laughing. And laughing. All very sensuous things. So, I mean, if you can think of some of the, the sensuous things that people can do to, to relieve stress, either as partners or by themselves... Uh, let's talk about that. John, what, what are some of the things you think that people can do together... I mean, we know where they can exercise together. Well, yeah, and I just, I mean, I was going back to the hug idea. I mean, if you think about just what a hug is, I mean, it's a, it's a uh, you know, there's a sense of, of uh, I mean, it's not threatening. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, sex can be threatening, but just a hug isn't. You know, a hug right. is, is <laughs> very, uh, uh, very neutral, but, but, but very, you know, there's a very closeness and, and, a, and a touching. And, and I think people, people respond, I think, to touching more, you know, think about the, uh, you know, nursing care and, and just the importance of touch for, you know, someone who's in the hospital, you know. Uh, um, you know, so I, th I think that's a, a large part of, you know, what, what I think when you, when you look at the whole uh, stress and sex issue, you know, a lot of it has to do with touching and being physical and being, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, you're opening yourself up too. You know, you're, you're, you know, sex is just not a one-way street. It's a two-way street and you have to really open and accept and, uh, expose yourself, and I think all that stuff, um, uh, I think people find uh, uh, relieving. You know, it gets them away from what's bothering them, allows them to have this release, and, and I uh, certainly is, is uh, uh, 
very beneficial. I mean, obviously. (laughs) I think it's also important to think about the fact that while we do as students have so much going on, so, you know, student organization meetings and homework and Kappa do and all this (laughs) other stuff going on, um, that... It's important to remember that your relationship doesn't have to come last. It doesn't have to be last on the to-do list. You know, it can you can prioritize things so that you can fit in a hug and you can fit in a talk on the phone or whatever it is that is important for you, depending on how close your significant other is, or even just a friend. Because relationships outside of being a student are so important to our social well-being, which is a part of you know staying a healthy student. So. You know, just kind of recognizing some of those things and recognizing when you're starting to get stressed out. And knowing also, like we were saying before, how sometimes Mm -hmm. relationships can be a cause of stress. And so if you feel like, you know, this particular relationship is not a priority, know that Mm -hmm. and know what you should be and recognize also your limits within a relationship. I just, from example, last night I was at a friend's house and he says to me, you know, I really think I'm going to dump this girl. I'm so tired of her. And, and he goes, look at the text messages that I've gotten. And he's gotten 10 text messages in the last, you know, hour from this girlfriend of his that is, where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you responding to me? You know, I, I want to talk to you, whatever. And, and so she's constantly trying to get his attention. And he's saying, I can't. I'm I'm busy doing stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's making sure that you're communicating with your partner about the level of stress, about the things that you have to prioritize. Yeah. And John, John mentioned, you know, hugs as one of those memorable moments that, that, that uh, uh, a couple, or not even a couple, just people on the street, you know, and, and you always give the caveat that, you know, some people don't like hugs, and you, you always have to understand that, that some people will consent to it and some don't, but, you know, and, and yeah, but I'd love everybody in the residence halls right up, right now to get get up, get out of the room, and go see, give someone a hug. They <laughs> go hug fest. But remember that some people need their space and, and mm-hmm. don't necessarily want hugs. But what other things? I know, Melissa, I want to go to your your uh, your uh, uh, man, man and woman on the street questions because I think that each cu- each couple has their memorable moments, and I think we could find probably the sensuousness in each of them. But before that, you had something to say. Oh, I was just going to say, just going back to the hugs thing because. Like, the things that you go through throughout um, college are so impersonal, like, between work and between, like, your interactions, like, just meeting new people, and you're surrounded by people who aren't your family and who aren't your friends from back home. And so it can be so impersonal. And this one time I was having a terrible week. Like, my um, sister was in the hospital because uh, she went into premature labor by a significant number of weeks, and I was, you know, absolutely terrified for her. And everything just seemed to be getting worse and worse. And somebody actually, like, told me that, you know, Melissa, you need to be more professional. Like, it was just a bad week, and I just broke down. And I started sobbing because, you know, having um, all these responsibilities and having, like, a family member that I was just just petrified for and then having somebody tell me that I needed to be more, like, keep up the professionalism, I think is the exact words. Um... You know, after that, like, I I was kind of devastated. And a friend of mine, like, basically, you know, actually works in the same office, just gave me a hug. And, like, that, it felt so warm and comforting. And it was, like, that, that personal interaction that I needed at that point. And so as far as stress relieving goes, hugs for me, top of my list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, but that, you know, we can talk about our man on the street segment. Yeah, let's, let's hear what they have to say. 
bring that up. So, because, the, again, the question was, um, and we asked this of people in the cyber cafe in the library, because that's always a good place to ask questions, <laughs> um, <laughs> is what was the most memorable moment with your significant other? So here it is. My most memorable moment with a significant other was when my first long-term boyfriend said I love you on accident in this restaurant in a town we weren't supposed to be in because we got lost. My most significant memory is going out to dinner with my boyfriend on Valentine's Day, and he just got me, like, cute presents, and it was really sweet. My most memorable moment with my significant other would probably be, like, when he first asked me out, he asked me out on New Year's Eve when the ball dropped, exactly when the ball dropped, so it was midnight, and then he kissed me, and it was very cute, and we've been dating for uh, almost a year now, so. Uh, 30th birthday, and my wife brought in about 10 of my friends that I graduated with into town, into uh, Atlanta, and surprised me at the hotel. This summer, up in Sturgeon Bay, at a bonfire, mm-hmm. and uh, clear sky, beautiful moon, and woke up to sunrise and just watched it come up, and it's one of those times where you can't tell where the, the water ends and where the sky begins. Um, I would probably have to be this past like holiday when we spent down at the lighting of the tree in front of the Capitol building. It was pretty romantic. Um, he took me to a park, and when I got there, he seen, um, I saw that he carved our names in together forever and always. I love you, my name and his name. And I think that's really sweet. Well, I just got married, so I would have to say my wedding day. Just the emotions that came about on that day. Okay, definitely the time that we met, when we just like both locked eyes and saw each other. Definitely that I knew that person was coming, and it was just kind of like, oh, kind of relieved. Like, I was, like, tired of waiting for you to show up, and now that you're here, it's great. Just running to use the restroom. Didn't want to use the facilities, so I decided I would just jump over this little berm and use the forest. And I started to jump over the berm and realized it was a huge, uh, what do you call it, oh, gorge that we had just gone over. And I was so excited about it. It was so beautiful, I forgot it was there. And I was teetering on the edge start to cry and I could have fallen in I probably would have but um, my husband yanked me back my face sweater Here are some of the responses that we got um, from the man on the street and you know so I was surprised at like the the variety of um, memories that people had about um, their relationships well if you look at those except for the last one which I thought was going to be an episode of bungee jumping there for a minute uh, <laughs> yeah. and she, she really had a lot of emotion with that every one of those were sensuous experiences every one of them not, not, not really any of them had much to do with the expression of sexuality which we call sex they're all sensuous it was either you know having a lunch together or, or seeing a, a you know a, a, a rising sun or or being together with friends they're all very sensuous things which i think are important and for all of those there probably was a both good and bad stress some some bad stress in the sense of like what the hell is going on and then good stress in the sense of this makes me feel really good some, I, I think somebody threw in a line from Forrest Gump there I think I heard a Forrest Gump line what, what was that <laughs> line? The, where the water ends and the sky begins oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good it was a good Hallmark one I liked it but it was almost it was almost uh, but I can I can understand what he's talking about definitely it was reminiscent of the you know exercise we do with you know your idea of an enchanted evening you know some for many people it's their idea of an enchanted evening it has to do with these very sensuous things and mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of different things. So, so what else things uh, do you think couples uh, do to try to relieve stress or, or enhance? Mm. Um, well, I think one thing that we've kind of 
neglected to talk about, which I think is a possibility for um, students on campus, because I know a couple of people in relationships like this, is the idea of choosing to not be in a romantic relationship, but still being in a sexual relationship, and how, you know, they find relief from that type of um, activity. And um, one thing that Aaron and I were talking about when we were putting this on the agenda is when is that stress relief, and when is that just adding stress to your life, you know, the idea, like, we, we were talking about all these benefits of, of sex, but then when you add in the the title of Friends with Benefits, how I know a lot of people who that just seems to be a very stressful thing for them, mm-hmm. and so... Um, it can be a fine line. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you don't communicate exactly what you need, or when feelings get mixed up. I mean, at some point when you're sharing such an intimate thing, for a lot of people... You know, there will become intimacy issues and there will become communication issues because if you are sleeping with someone but then you see that they're also sleeping with someone else that you weren't expecting, it brings up some issues and that could be a very stressful right. thing. Well, because right. most likely they're making that decision because they want to avoid all the dealings with feelings and, and all those issues that come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they don't realize that once they do have the friends with benefits thing going, those are going to inevitably come up. Although I do know um, a couple of people who it's turned out very well. You know, they just see sex as something that's fun. It's not necessarily um, intimate in a, um emotional way. It's just a physical act that's, that's fun for them. And so mm-hmm. I think it could really go either way. It's so funny, too, because does anyone watch The Real World? Mm-hmm. on this panel okay so like the most recent one um there's two girls in the house and one young girl in the house <laughs> and um the first night that they're there the guy and this one girl coley they make out and because she's like i just love to make out it's so much fun and so they start making out and then they eventually sleep together um and then the very next night they're all out drinking with all of the roommates and he decides that he wants to make out with this other girl. So the sa- a different girl that lives in the house. So they're in the kitchen. They're doing shots. The other girl, Coley, that he you know, spent the night with the night before has gone to bed. She says, come on, let's have a sleepover. And he's like, I'll come later. So she goes to bed expecting him for- to come later. And he's off, you know, doing whatever with this other girl. She wakes up finds them and so then she's upset because she just wanted to make out for fun but now there's emotions attached because he, you know so I think there is a fine line especially when we're talking about small groups of friends MSU community isn't that big so you know it, it's bound to happen um so preparing for those things it can be something that takes you by surprise and for yeah. some people it might work but for other people you know they might have be completely unattached and then one day they're attached right. yeah so. Yeah, like that happened to me because like I was flirting with this guy, and it just mm-hmm. kind of a flirting thing, like oh flirt flirt flirt, and then <laughs> he was, you know, like we were all out together, and he was flirting with somebody else, and I'm like, this doesn't feel good. Why do I feel bad? And I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> like no, that means I like him. No. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Yeah. You know, popular culture puts this label on. Uh, friends with benefits, and I think it's something that, that I personally have kind of always been comfortable with, or uncomfortable with, because I'm not sure exactly what that means. I think sometimes we put labels on things because we want to justify actions. So my question to you is, is what people would call casual sex, just having sex without uh, any emotional commitment or even knowing a person, is, is that something that's fine for people to do? Is that something that you think that is a stress reliever? If people choose that part of their stress relief is to have sex with somebody else, is that all right? 
Is that okay? I think that if it's a decision made that's by two consenting adults um, and both people are open about what's what's going on and I, I would encourage them to do it safely, then I think that it's okay for, a, I think that that's a personal choice that, that everyone has to make for themselves as mm-hmm. far as what's okay for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's about setting those boundaries to yourself and knowing, you know, knowing before you cross the line that, you know, I can make out with someone mm-hmm. without getting attached and move on and that's fine. Or I can have oral sex with someone and move on and, and, and it's not a concern. Um, you know, but setting those boundaries and knowing your limits before you get attached is, is important. And I think it's about self-discovery. You know, sometimes you're going to do some things that you realize you weren't prepared to handle. And, and it's, right. it's what college is about. It's just learning experience. I think it kind of goes along with what we were talking about before. You, you kind of have to make those decisions based on uh, what you've learned about yourself. And sometimes they're going to be wrong and you're going to learn from them. And sometimes they're going to they're going to work out for you and and yeah they maybe will reduce your stress but i think it's an it's an individual thing i, I don't think you can throw a you know a blanket of this is what society says about it on the whole thing because i th- i think it's an individual decision mm-hmm. well i understand my uncomfortableness not doesn't come from the practice of having casual sex or having sex as a stress reliever or having sex as fun or a way of in, uh, of enhancing whatever my, my uncomfortable comes from having to put a label on it calling ben- friends with benefits type thing like you're actually justifying like it's not normal for people to to be able to engage in a sexual relationship unless they have a commitment or unless they have a thing now consent is a whole different thing everyone we should always have consent right. in any sexual relationship but but having to have a commitment, I think sometimes we put judgments on it. But we all agree that sex can be a stress reliever. And that's stress relief either with a partner or by yourself. I mean, it's one of the things we don't talk about is enjoying your own body, enjoying yourself. And, and I'm surprised that... Uh, that masturbation! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised that Casey, Aaron, or Andrew hasn't said masturbation <laughs> Now that we're an well, you knew Aaron was going to come out with it. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about necessarily that because uh, I think most people understand what that is, and, and maybe I make an assumption. Uh, but but it's also a normal practice too. Right, and we've talked about it on the show before, and they are on the um, Impact website. So right. if people are interested, they can go onto the podcast. To our previous shows, right. but it is interesting. Well, it's like just what Dennis was saying, though, and, and, and it's not so much you know the, the fact that I'm uncomfortable with the with that maybe the term, but I think that um, when you look at uh, maybe some what people are trying to get out of sex, and I think if sometimes if you're looking to get stress management out of out of this um, out of this action, and and you're coming from you know maybe you don't have that much. Um, uh, I think a lot of st- students at this age, a lot of people at this age, I think have, you know, they're still trying to find out who they are and, and what they believe in their value system. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes uh, sex can be confusing, even though you may want this to be unattached, you know, unattached, no strings, you know, no commitment. Um, you know, I think the fact that, that, that sex is such an intimate thing that it, it does open a person up to um, uh, feelings and experiences that they may just not be prepared for or may not ex- expect in this situation. And I think that you know it's it's uh, you know it, it it makes casual sex a whole lot less casual, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and a whole lot less 
stress relieving if there's this additional stress additional things of oh my gosh what have we done here and how uh, what do i feel about this person i mean just the flirting you flirt with someone and you feel guilty i mean when you you feel jealous you know and you uh, and that's that's a very innocent thing but i think we we attach a lot of mental uh, and emotional um strings that me we, we may not be aware of sometimes and in I, I think that I would encourage any student you know it's my senior year here so I've gained some wisdom in my four years um, I, I would encourage any student to go out there and experience different things and try things out to find out who they really are like Dennis and I were talking about his column this week and you know just how and how important that is but also you know I, I don't think that that's necessarily that you have to go out and have casual sex to know that it's not for you. There are a lot of people who know their limits to a certain point, you know, and I think that that's great, that you don't have to make those mistakes. But also, you know, make mistakes and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, something else that can add to stress is the fact that, you know, if two people hook up, let's use, like, the fun college (laughs) term for it, Um, if two people have sex and they're not on the same um, level as to like what it means to them. Like maybe right, one person right, yeah. wanted casual sex from it. One person looked into it a little bit more, like thought that maybe this could be, you know, the roots for a relationship. This could be what makes them fall in love with me. And that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, cause you know, it, it's easy to misinterpret things. So just like being able to communicate beforehand verbally, um, what it means to both people just to find out, like, you know, how, how are you going to view this? Are you going to be comfortable with this? Being able to, like, ask those questions I think are important just from, like, my four and a half years here because mm-hmm. that's something that we're pretty good at is miscommunicating and yeah. <laughs> misunderstanding each other. Well, I think, mis- I think yep. communication beforehand is a huge, um, a huge obstacle that a lot of people maybe don't think about. Um, but it's something that, I mean, it may reduce the spontaneity of a relationship if that's what you're looking for, but uh, it can really, co- you know, uh, avoid a lot of pain to come in the future. Well, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting over the years is when you say these types of things to whoever, whether they're students, non-students, adults, whatever, and you say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just communicate about why we're having sex and, and how I feel about it and everything like that, and you know what you get almost categorically well it takes all the intimacy out of it it takes all the fun out of it to have to talk about it well you know what to me the truest truest form of intimacy is open bold communication Mm -hmm. but we can't we can't seem to get past this cultural thing that you know if we actually talk about it it ruins it you know or if i actually think about it it's got to be spontaneous i'm so sick of the word spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> what about spontaneous communication? You know, we, 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 right. we sat and we talked and we have an agenda here and we're a little bit off the agenda, but I don't care. <laughs> the fact is, let's be spontaneous, right? But you hated that. <laughs> spontaneous. <laughs> spontaneous. I mean, why can't you? Why can't you? We've gone through these scenarios with people about how to talk to your partner and stuff like that, and it always tends to, you know, break down at some point. Like, well... They should just know what I want or why I'm doing this or assuming. What do you guys think about this? Well, I think, I think, um, I don't know how many people out there have seen the um, sex troupe. Um, if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you, if that's something you're interested in, they're going to be doing shows next semester in the dorms. Check that out. But um, they have a skit about abstinence, which I'm partial to because I wrote it. But, you know, it talks a lot about 
a time and a place to talk about things like sexual activity and that they're, you know, that you need to be clear with your partner and picking that right time because as much as you talk about, you know, a spontaneous moment, there are moments that maybe, maybe your time has passed to talk about it, you know. Not that you can't ever say no, but, you know, know when, when the right moment to talk about it is, you know, crowded dance club, not the best, not the best place, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff, stuff like that. So I think, like, you know, how spontaneity is, you know, probably fun, but at the same time, probably the least fun thing is to find out that somebody's not on the same page with you. Right, exactly. right, right. Cause and then, from... oh, I got really personal there. Did you hear that? I was just like, <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Me too, because I've, I've got a personal story. Just like, well, the whole, you know, two and a half months of dating, you think that you'd be on the same page as somebody, and then the biggest shock of the world is to find out that you're not, like, right. that they weren't looking for a long-term relationship, whereas you were. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience <laughs> or anything. <laughs> no hostility in my voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, and realizing that, you know, maybe clearing that up, talking about it, talking about, like, where this was heading, where it was going, along the way it would have been a little bit of... Uh, right. Yeah, helpful mm-hmm. figuring that out. So. And I think remembering that we don't live in the movies. I mm-hmm. mean, so often you get caught up in movies and TV and, you know, sex well, on Sex in the City. It was hilarious when she hooked up with, I can't even think of a good episode, but, you know. And, and, You're not going to go into another episode of Real World, are you? <laughs> no, they laughed it off and moved on and it was fine. No. And, um, and it's not necessarily true in real life because sometimes. Well, but think about what John said when we opened up, when we talked about the origins of stress or, or stress originates. W- would it be fair to say that sometimes you you decide to be stressed because of unknown things, about things you don't know about, you don't know if you can handle, you can control, you don't have enough information. And sometimes you think about that the stress in relationships sometimes are caused by the fact that people don't communicate. You don't know what your partner's thinking, or you assume that, or you know it's the right moment, so it's not the right moment. Or, you know, yeah, like Andrew said, it, we don't live in a Forrest Gump type movies where life is a bowl of cherries. I mean, you can't always assume. It's things. A box of chocolates. Box of chocolates. Yeah. I thought it was a bowl of cherries. Okay. Sorry. I don't watch as much. Cherries. <laughs> I thought I was on the right track. But, you know. uh, so it really is. I think, John. What would you say about that? About stress? Yeah, I, I. I mean, I think that that a lot of times we we don't know how to talk about the things that are probably the most important. And, you know, b- before we have that relationship, you know, we. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I don't know if we want to open this one up or not, but I think guys are, are, are particularly bad at talking about, uh, you know, intimate things. You know, they're just not, they don't have any experience. You know, they're not taught from an early age to be emotional and to open themselves up and to communicate. I mean, they're, uh, at least I wasn't, and I think a lot of guys are the same way. You know, that they're, they just react. You know, they just want something, they take it, you know, and, and, and um, talk about it later. You know, um, you know, and I think the, the problems, uh, I think a lot of times, are stem from just the difference between men and women. Women like to talk and like to, uh, and, and it's the same with stress management. You ask men and women what they do for stress management. You know, men don't talk for stress management. You know, they, they, they act. You know, they, they play a sport. They hit something. They get angry. They, uh, <laughs> women want to have a State of the Union address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bush, right. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think that, I think we... I think we often assume in a relationship that that things are going fine uh, and 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 we're on the same page as you said. But oftentimes, you know that, you know, unless, in, in you know, this is a rare individual guy that that likes to open up and 
reveal himself. You know, sometimes I think the expectation from the um, from the woman is, you know, the woman's going to be disappointed. You know, well, it was interesting that because as you were saying, I'm listening back to what Melissa recorded on the man on the street, and, and a lot of the things that were said were, were I think men men have as great a capacity to listen and to talk as as women do. But you heard some of the things that were being said there, where they said, "Well, I heard I loved you the first time," where he said, "I loved you," and it slipped out, or or, or where they had this memorable moment, you know, at the birthday party. I, I think that a lot of it has to do with communicating, and that there is a capacity on both sides to communicate better. But I think some of our think think back. To your most memorable moment with, with a partner, even though it might have been bad, you know, for three months. What's what's your most memorable moment? It probably has to do with being on a communication, whether it's communication where you're both sitting there and sharing a sunset, or whether you're both, you know, it slips out that you love love me or whatever like that. It really has to do about communicating. And I think that when you talk about stress, uh, it's about communicating. Awesome. I liked that that last wrap-up address that was good well i think mm-hmm. i think you gotta i think you have a good point i think it's a those times that you probably are most memorable are probably times where if you guys if you both think back as a couple you probably think the same thing in that situation you kind of are on the same wavelength and i think that's kind of you know what what is memorable because you, you just have that communication synergy there and as much as as uh uh, we brought up the words sex and masturbation and all that other stuff. Usually when you ask people their most memorable moments, you know, and I've probably done 5,000 in the last 15 years of being on campus, rarely ever do they bring up, it was that one orgasm in the backseat of the car. That, no, it's never usually that. It's usually something that they've shared information-wise or shared together or one of the 15 other intimacies other than sexual intimacy that usually happens between a couple. So remember that as you go into the holidays, whether it's with a new partner or not, that's probably the best thing you can do before you bring them home, because we were going to talk about bringing home a partner and all the things like that. It's all really about communication. Start talking about those things before you get there and say, oh, by the way, my Uncle Joe is a uh, mafia guy. No, <laughs> talk about that stuff before you get there or talk to your and parents. too. I right. mean, talk about how much are you spending and what do you like and what would be romantic for you guys to do together for a gift and stuff like that. Because I know I'm really stressed out about gift giving. So. Who isn't? I feel like we could talk about this stuff forever. Well, the best <laughs> gift you can give probably is communication. Mm-hmm. And I can uh, see Torch and Twang and they're getting ready to go. And since it's my favorite show, <laughs> yep, we're gonna, I always have to say that. We're going to have to wrap it up because we're actually kind of getting in on their time. Uh-oh. So this could turn Oops, into like a West Side Story style <laughs> battle here in the, the station. It, you know, it's a good thing there's cameras in here because we could tape it. But we're not going to because there's not going to be a battle because that's all we have for Sexposure. And once again, I want to thank the, our Olin Health Center panel for coming out. Um, lots of insightful information for the holidays. Have a good so, break. Yep, everybody out there, have a good break. Get some and rest. Get some rest. See you the and first week in classes. Yeah, but the ninth. most importantly, good luck with finals. Yeah. yeah. Finals. Can't forget about those. Um, so be done after. Life are acts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See how it treated you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess that's it for exposure. Um, coming up uh, next, we've got Progressive Torch and Twang here on your Impact 88.9 FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.